0: n-e-t-s-u-i-t-e dot com slash w-t-f all right let's do this how are you what the fuckers what the fuck buddies what the fucking ears what the fucking delix? what's happening i'm mark Marin. this is my podcast w-t-f thank you for listening to it on the show today sam rockwell and I talk a, a bit about his new film, Mr. Wright, with the amazing Anna Kendrick. It was a fast-moving conversation that won a lot of directions. But it uh, it was great to meet him and great to talk to him, and uh, it, was, it was fun. But before that, it, it, coming up very shortly, uh, Richard Linklater uh, stopped by to talk about his new movie. He came by, man. He came by the house. He was in town, you know, doing a little press for his... Uh, for his, uh, his new film, Everybody Wants Some, which I saw. That Link Ladder is a solid dude. He's a class act. And this movie is a fun fucking movie. And you know what else? I don't know if you remember the last conversation I had with, uh, with Richard. But he we talked a bit about Thin Lizzy. And it, he fucking showed up at my house with Thin Lizzy jailbreak on vinyl as a gift. That, that is a fucking amazing dude. But look forward to that. We did a nice little uh, interview with uh, Mr. Linklater about uh, about the new movie. So what what's happening? What 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 is the urgency? Okay, uh, some outstanding business. I reached out to you guys to help me name a piece of furniture, and uh, there was a lot of input, uh, mostly credenza. I appreciate the input, but like I don't know that that would necessarily have slipped my mind. What she used to call it, and I believe what it is in some parts of the world and this is where i learned that you know some furnitures are called different things it was a buffet now i know that doesn't start with the letter c but you know i'm getting older brains getting mushy but it was a buffet that was what i threw out gladly and and exercised myself of a if a of a draining ghost vessel that was uh doing nothing uh, but subconsciously taxing my emotions and man did that start a roll man i've been I've been throwing shit out like crazy. My house actually is comfortable and I like sitting in it. It's not this clutter fest out here in the garage. Well, that's a, that's another situation. I'd like to read this email before I talk to Richard because, um, it's sort of, uh, it's sort of resonant from Ethan. Ethan. Uh, Subject line, sobriety and salvage denim. Hi, Mark. Sobriety is something I've struggled with for about six years. Ever since I discovered drinking, it's been an everyday part of my life. But that's not the point of this message. Thankfully, your podcast and more importantly, your television show has taught me ways to deal with not drinking as much. Hmm. Hmm. I especially enjoy your frustration with raw and salvaged denim on the IFC show. Sitting in a bathtub with stiff jeans is agonizing. As someone who is constantly searching for new obsessions, I especially love how obsessed with denim and coffee you are. These two have been my vices for a few years, and I can understand how they help with the monotony of addiction. I was wondering if you had any other hobbies you'd recommend along with these two. Vinyl seems to be too pricey, and might I add my friend, Ethan, uh, space-consuming. And I'm already restoring straight razors and old kitchen knives. Oh, my God, this guy wins a prize for the, you know, what a beautiful, weird little obsession. Restoring straight razors and old kitchen knives. Uh, back to the letter. I hope to hear back from someone in your camp. Hopefully your boots are broken in and your denim isn't too stiff. Thanks, Mark. Regards, Ethan. Dude, I being that, Ethan and anyone else who uh, finds themselves uh, staving off a uh, the uh the 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 knowledge of their own mortality through a weird obsessive compulsive activities or obsessions that hopefully you find one that you know produce good results and you can be proud of and maybe show your friends look look i look at this straight razor i restored yeah while i was doing this i i didn't think that life was pointless look i look i'm all for obsessions in that way i don't really look at them like that but dude Here's why your letter is interesting to me is that I'm realizing as I clean shit out of my house that that what's what's really sad is waning obsessions is that when when the obsession starts to dissipate and you're just le- left with the byproduct of your commitment to this thing like the the straight razor bit and the, and the knife bit really it reminds me of my foray into cast iron pans which was completely obsessive and i get this this is i get this when i'm not working a day job like doing a tv show or when i'm i'm on my regular schedule uh, which is what i'm in now and my obsession right now is is really about throwing shit out but i've i've gone through some of this stuff that i've thrown out and some of them were kind of remnants of obsessions like there was this little wooden box i actually kept it that all i wanted to do was learn how to wax it like wax, put a finish on it and wax it. But I never committed to really learning about stains or waxing or the benefits of waxing versus varnish or, or shellacking or whatever the other stuff is. I just spent you know probably a month uh, just you know slowly waxing this dumb little wooden box, and it completely consumed me. Vinyl, I'm I'm terrified of the day that that obsession starts to wane because th- it's all over my house. It's taken over my house and this tells me something about relationships too and about the obsessive nature of relationships is that i'm not in an obsessive relationship anymore and i haven't been in one in a little while and it's like there's a heartbreak to it dude there's a dull heartbreak to the waning of obsessions you know you just feel it going away and 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 if it's not a person that you can actually separate from and revisit in your memory if it's an actual object you know, be careful because you might end up having to sort of get rid of a lot of straight razors and, and kitchen knives when you, when you have that moment where you're surrounded by them and you're like, the fuck am I doing? What? The, just you alone on a floor with 50 kitchen knives and, 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 and 50 straight razors that nobody wants. <laughs> As I said before, this uh, uh, Richard Winkladder film is fucking uh, a blast. And if you're my age, it was funny, I told him, and you'll hear me tell him, that after I was at the the screening of Everybody Wants Some, there's about half the room applauded, and I'm like, they're over 50. And it's not an old-person movie because it's about youth, it's about identity, it's about you know, that that first wave of freedom of trying to figure out who you are and whatnot. But, but the music is great, the look is great, and the dudes are, uh, it's mostly about dudes in a way. Uh, are are all sort of uh, endearing and, and interesting. I don't know, man. I, this guy makes movies with a lot of heart. So this is me uh, talking to uh, to Richard about uh, Everybody Wants Some, which is open now in theater. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Well, That's what I noticed about the the movie. What'd you end up calling it? Everybody wants some?
1: Yeah, I had a working title called That's What I'm Talking About. Right,
0: we talked about it a little bit because you
1: had just finished shooting it. I was excited. When you were
0: here last time. Mm-hmm. And now it's Everybody Wants Some.
1: Everybody Wants Some. I went with the Van Halen, two exclamation points. Oh, two Two exclamation points.
0: That's right. That's what it's from. I'm an idiot. Like, I'm like, yeah. where do you get the title? Everybody Hale,
1: Wants Some. Their third album Bang, came out in the and, spring of 80. Was it? Yeah.
0: So that, I can't believe that. So Van Halen, one or two were, were 1970s? 78, like
1: nine, 80. They went one, two, three. Those first three are, it's, to me, those are my favorites too. Oh yeah, those are the best. I mean, I think I saw yeah. them on the first tour. Um, yeah. I saw them opening for Black Sabbath in the in 78 really yeah they were yeah. opening before their first album even came out it's like but everyone came out talking about them I've talked to other people who were on that tour they see that who, who saw that tour yeah um
0: I uh I thought the music was great because I was 1980 is when this takes place mm-hmm. this kid's freshman year of college it was my beginning my senior year so oh, right. of high school yeah but again, like not unlike Dazed and Confused, it's all familiar to me because we're about the same age. Yeah. You're from Austin, I'm from mm-hmm. uh Albuquerque. It all felt familiar to me. <laughs> all the cars, you got all the cars right. I was excited to see a gremlin in one yeah. of the in the
1: parking lot. A uh, little gremlin, a little yeah. pacer zipping yeah. around back yeah. there somewhere.
0: And uh but uh, like it was it was because I saw it with an entire room full of what I imagine are press.
1: Mm-hmm. But uh, I felt like everybody's rooting for the movie, which is good. <laughs> you, you get a vibe. Yeah, sometimes you do. they're with you, sometimes they're against you.
0: Right, but I have you ever felt them against you though?
1: Really? Uh, I think early on they were trying to figure out. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, not, really? Not much. Not much. In a long time ago. In a long time ago.
0: But like I knew because I had talked to you that it was similar to Dazed and Confused in structure, which means that we, we it wasn't a, a story necessarily, as it was sort of a a kind of movement, a meditation on yeah. being a, a high school freshman. Yeah. in uh in in texas in 1980 but it's weird with college movies and i don't maybe it was nostalgic on your part but nothing got out of hand
1: it was right on the verge of it right I feel, you know there's a little fight in a disco right. and they get kicked out but it's not like but that was punches just don't get thrown that's like a bar fight it was like dudes. each other yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's like yeah that's like every bar fight you've ever been around usually um you know, I thought that was the difference between college and high school, like high school you're sort of like being in prison, you know no one really wants to be there and you're stuck in your parents' house you're stuck in that yeah. world, and it's not by choice right you know you're there, so there's a lot of tension, a lot of aggravation, yeah. all that oppression, and so people are kind of bumping up against each other and expressing that that kind of aggression or that behavior It comes out in different ways college. Because it's just not about freedom. College to me was a, the metaphor there was, oh, it's freedom. Yeah. You know, like, wow, you can stay out all night. Yeah. Your parents aren't telling you to turn down your stereo or get up. Right. You know, if you want to just drink and eat whatever you want and not go to class or, you know, whatever that, those adult decisions, suddenly the, that, the exhilaration of having all that freedom. Right. Thrust on you. was Was fun. Right. So it, it created a more friction free environment. You know, because it's like, well, you're there by choice. You don't like college? You don't like being here? Quit. Go get a job.
0: Right, and there's, you know? and you were real good about, like, all the characters sort of define themselves pretty quickly, and these are alpha dudes. Yeah. There's a baseball team. You, you know, this was sort of I you know I certainly didn't. I, you were a ball player.
1: Yeah, they're all competitive. That's the tone. They're just competitive about, with everything. about the dumbest shit. And also, they're always amped up and moving. Yeah, a lot of movement. Yeah, they never really sit down much. Right, and they're just like doing shit. Or if they the sit game. down, it's for bong hits or to drink. You know, but right, right like, or
0: play that knuckles game <laughs> yeah. or just you know somehow beat the shit out of each other one way or the other. Yeah, but like those were the guys when I was younger, like who I would have thought of as the other team, like the, not yeah. the enemy, but just the jocks. And somehow or another. Because of certain pivotal personalities in the film, you were able to sort of balance them out somehow.
1: That you found the humanity of who, who, people I would have prejudged probably. Well, yeah. And I think the film kind of begs you to do that at the very beginning. You're seeing it through Jake's eyes. He's the freshman. Who's right. The, the new guy. Yep. And so they are kind of jerks. They sort of, you know, like who are you? Oh, you yeah. Know, just they basically give right. him give him nothing. Right. Even though they're soon, you know, they're living in the same house, but within minutes they're inviting him. Hey, we're going drinking. There's a happy hour at this bar. Right. The team you know? element actually, and also the the seriousness of having mm-hmm. a good team and what it means kind of overrode. That the sort of personality difficulties. It is finding your place within a team structure. And that, that's, to me, also what the movie's really about. It's like every guy there was kind of the star of their high school team. Right. And now they're coming in like, oh, I got to find, you know, you go from being an alpha to being you don't know what. Right, <laughs> you know, it's right. like, Oh, I got to fit in here and be a teammate. But to have a good team. You know, you have to play your role, and everybody knows that. But you want to assert yourself. So, baseball—it kind of team and individual are kind of battling each other. But um, people say, "Oh, it's a big party film." It's like, yeah, but within that party, you see the little competitiveness, the way they talk—they're actually preparing themselves to be a good team to win. They want to win a national championship this year.
0: And also, it was very philosophical because, like, I didn't feel like it was a party movie. Like the 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 sort of thrust of the of the. Of, it wasn't a story, but of the movie is, pussy,
1: yeah, and and chase
0: and tail, yeah, and uh, and, and that that makes sense. I mean, those guys well, are they're
1: eighteen to twenty-two sure, year old sure. males, now.
0: sure. But I was surprised also that you know once you establish the characters, you know, you had the the hyper alpha who was really good at you know everything, yeah. right? they ba- you know he right. could split baseballs with a hatchet and with whatnot <laughs> with an axe. And then you had the other guy who was, you know, really, you know, a good looking guy and cocky, but
1: philosophical, smart, quick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Quick yeah. and smart. And then you had the weird wiry guy with the handlebar mustache. He was just kind of, kind of freaky, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, interesting picture. Yeah. A picture. Yeah. They're all a little and crazy. It was odd because all these type of movies are going to fall under, you know, there's a moment there where you're like, is this, is this animal house or is it, mm-hmm. is it a, a genre picture? But but it, it didn't do that. And yeah, I don't know how you pulled that off, really, because by like the the film got applause last night from a press audience, dude. That's pretty
1: good. It got applause. I take from, that as a positive sign. And like when I heard the applause, I'm like, they, they're all over fifty. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, they were there. <laughs> you know? They were there. But you know, I just think it's kind of what we were talking about earlier. Like, why is there not? I think college. It was just chill, like high school. Everybody had something to prove. Remember college? People. It was, and especially the time. It's the end of the seventies. Right. You know. Everything was chill. You were just trying to be cooler than everybody. And being cool means not losing your shit, not starting stupid fights and not being aggressive. It's like, hey, you know, you went out with my girlfriend. Hey, it's cool.
0: I guess you know, that's There was
1: a little bit of that in the air. It was really, I mean, guys, you know, everybody's always, we don't change that much. But it was kind of uncool to be an aggressive person. But jerk I, well, as I remember. Well that I mean I think that's right because I didn't I even have issues like right. the black guy at the country bar. Right. He doesn't have any problem going in there because hey, he's a known athlete on campus. No one's gonna mess with him. He's right. got his boys with him. And right. it's just not an issue. People go, Oh, there's one black guy on the team, nothing happens. Like, no, we had a couple brothers on the team. It was yeah. never Yeah. We're teammates first. And well, it's that's, just there weren't these issues, you know. Right. Well that's I, I didn't think about it
0: until you mention it now that you know high school is really where the violence happens in a way.
1: Yeah. If you know, you're,
0: if you made it to college, you you know you did have even if you were set in your ways like some of these guys were, yeah. you knew that you you may be the on the baseball team, but there was a whole world of of people at this place that were different than you, and there was no yeah. way to to not acknowledge that. Whereas yeah. in high school, you know, if you were the baseball team, you were the top of the pyramid.
1: Yeah. And you could fuck with people. Football or yeah, right. you're the you're set up to be the bully right. or the one who never gets picked on or challenged. Right. Yeah. But and, in college, just by the assortment of majors and you just know, you can't think you're the whole world. Right. You know, you meet so many people who are studying other things and you real you can't help but know there's a big other world that doesn't care that. I mean, sure, there's this kind of psychopathic emphasis on sports right. you know, sure. in, in our country. But so it might be about football or basketball or a little baseball's third in that list. Yeah. At best. But, um, your world definitely opens up and that's the whole point of going to college right you meet a lot of people and you absorbs their taste what they're interested in all those crazy teachers so it was a it's a good time and you've got that the singing in the car uh uh uh, montage an extended rapper's delight sequence Yes. yes yeah it was great. There was a question of how long that should be in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's early in the movie. They're going from their house to the the bar where they're right. having a happy. So it's just A to Z. You yeah. know, Point A to point B. You did almost all the song, I think. And it, well, no, because that song's like thirteen minutes. So <laughs> 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 I told the cast, you got to know the whole song because mm-hmm. we're going to do this. Because that really happened to me. I remember I was in a car and a guy who played ball with named Julio was yeah. in the front seat and he goes, I am. Julio you'd put in your own name that notion of passing the mic sure the other if you knew the song Sure And it was like you'd insert your own name or your own kind of and that was you know.
0: new stuff to people too like Absolutely. rap music Yeah
1: the movie's trying to take you back to a time and say well this was what it felt like You know you right. can say whatever you will about that song or how it's aged and people kind of make fun of it or Right it's been parodied a little bit that and say my Sharon and stuff but Yeah it's like no no this is original intent original yeah. use like right. what it felt like to be in that car before it was even called hip-hop it's like oh that's rap music it's something kind of from new york city you know yeah you know from the bronx or brooklyn or wherever it's coming from but you're kind of like oh and it has those beats it's almost like disco it starts off and yeah. it's like okay you can kind of dance to it yeah but then it's like okay well what's new here it's like oh the ear what they're saying yeah like, that's crazy i mean that's fun yeah so it was kind of like the excitement of being around something so new you know yeah yeah A- and also the the punk and the new wave music so I look back at it as a as a time. It's like, well, you know, that was a pretty interesting time. You know, there was like new stuff happening. I don't know if that's happening today. There's the genres get refined, but I don't know if there's new things coming. You know, well, there is,
0: but there's a lot was more. It? They're not as uh, there. There's more of it. Yeah, like you is know, it? when when like that stuff came out, you know, you it was like any media. It was a little more intimate. There was less stuff. Mm-hmm. So now there's just tons, there's tons of shit. It's like
1: techno, I mean, there's so much stuff. And so much stuff within but, that stuff. But What's interesting at that moment in 1980, 1980- is all that stuff was selling really well the country I mean the music industry is very different mm-hmm. you know just some record average band was selling you know, 3 million albums you look
0: at the industry very different well I love that guy's uh, Jake's box of records because I'm looking at the details <laughs> and I see the record crate and I see more songs about buildings and food and I see Devo
1: I started off I had like 200 and something songs Yeah, and a lot of it's it's a combination of financial or just yeah. what worked I, I was just it was a, there was a lot of reasons that I end up here but it's it's kind of random the cars there could have been yeah end with a car song yeah i remember
0: when that came out what was that that was
1: 80 79 79 80 yeah that was
0: a big record that first cards record you were like what the fuck is happening (laughs) and the knack too you open with the knack you close with the cars because there were some people that were mad about the knack because it's like new wave it's not really punk
1: and, yeah, uh, they weren't really... Pun- or they were too successful, too. They, their right. album, I think they made a mistake because it looked like Meet the Beatles. They, yeah, they yeah. mirrored the exact poses. Sure. And people were a little cynical about them or something. It's a hell of a but, song, though. But, uh, yeah, and that album... Actually, I think the Knack is really underrated because, I mean, I think they're the best teen sex angst band uh-huh. ever. They they were very in tune with this, uh, this movie because what's on a young person's mind. Yeah. A lot of sex right out of the gate. I was not getting that much sex
0: in college. Um, Like every, it seemed like. I'm like, sorry. I mean, yeah, about four or five of the dudes got laid that first day of school. It would happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? Oh, uh, the dirty secret. <laughs> you know, and there was a kind of young woman who just liked the way we looked in our baseball uniforms. What can I say? Is that true? That's it? Yeah. 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 They, so it was a big deal. When then. they talk about men objectifying women, yeah. I can. Any athlete can kind of flip that yeah. and go, you're not even looking at my face. You're looking at my butt, you know, whatever that athletic. So it was like, yeah, hey, you just kind of go with it. And the one dude in the mirror with his <laughs> butt, that was funny. Yeah, a lot of primping. Because yeah. that, that was the early, like, metrosexual. I think it's something like yeah, women's dudes. lib and, you know, the 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 hairdryer entered sure. the men's locker room at some Perms. point in the 70s. Perms. Perms. and Platform know, shoes. Yeah, it was okay to kind of primp, you know, guys. Oh, were, dude, it was crazy. They started caring about what they looked like.
0: Oh, dude, uh, my buddy Dave Bishop. He had a perm. He had straight blonde hair, and he'd get a perm, and, sure. and one day he'd show up with his perm. and He didn't really <laughs> say nothing about it.
1: Famulari <laughs> shoes, <laughs> like these three-inch platform yeah, shoes. You're like, dude, like, what? what the hell? But it was okay to put an effort out for the first time. It know? was real Britannia jeans and all that yeah, shit. Tight. tight. Yeah. my cast was going like, "Well, you guys really wore these, and right?" I'm like, yeah, it's just that's all there was. It was you some really tight did. stuff.
0: I didn't. I don't know if I if I never felt comfortable in the tight pants, but it was the way it was. It was
1: just the way... I didn't mind tight stuff on, on all the ladies.
0: No, of course not. No, I didn't. I didn't but I like the me. movement towards this art party, which becomes this sort of like fantastic sort of event, because like the way you shot it, it, was, it wasn't just a party, you, you know, it was it was a, a a kind of weird uh, mind-blowing sort of uh, it, it it mind uh, expanding right the mind ex- as yeah. as an audience member you kind of felt mm-hmm. like oh this is really kind of out there and probably a little a little too uh too well produced in a way for for the effect of it but that's how it was That's how was, it felt right it
1: was this place it was all performing arts majors mostly yeah. actors dancers you know the the really super cool kids and I I'd met this actress and we were going out and uh, it was like a whole new world opened up our idea of decorating the house was like thumbtacking up a Susan Anton poster right but you go out to their and their parties and they had like special lighting and a guy controlling it from the attic yeah and special you know it was just really well production designed. and it was a a costume party cool yeah the costumes all these people who were kind of expressing themselves. Um, Through their costumes and their art and everything, and that—that's new. When you're an athlete, you don't have to do any of that. Right. You don't have to peacock or do anything because you're just—that's your expression. You're, yeah. It's a performing art, but the sport is the thing. So yeah, you don't. You you get around people like oh they're they're kind of artists of living. Everything they do is art like the way they decorate and the way they dress and then and then they're they're performing theater dance you know and i and i love the way like, you, wow cool yeah. cool people these are my new friends right you know, I, I found them i found that crowd
0: well jake was the conduit to that because mm. there's that moment where you know the other guys are clear that he doesn't want them to come and then eventually they do this it thing felt and he,
1: a little awkward right His and then world's collashing, right you know?
0: and he didn't know what he was getting into either but no. but all the guys come and then you subvert the expectations again because like i i you know i left going like not one of those guys started shit you know, not one of those guys bullied one of those yeah. uh, those yeah. art dudes, <laughs> and they didn't. And and not no. only did they not, they were sort of, you
1: know, m- you know, humbled by it. Yeah, they're just smart enough. I think you know all the bullying stuff. I think that's I think that falls on football a little bit. There's, I'm just starting to realize that. After I talk football, to you. Football, yeah. you know, baseball guys, little different, little different. You yeah. know, you just don't hear a- about the bad entitled sports stuff so much from baseball, right? A lot of those guys are actually really, you know, four o students and yeah, you know, I, I it's a huge generalization, I guess. There's a end I, to I, baseball yeah, too. Yeah, it's it's more of a thinking persons. Not that, you know, any sport can be, but it, it lends itself the pace of it, the way guys it's an ongoing conversation. Sure. Even in the game, you can be in the middle of a baseball game and talking to a guy sitting next to you. You can't do that in football and basketball. You can talk to people on the field. It's too intense. Like if through an inning. Yeah. You you get on first base, you might talk to the guy on the other team. Yeah, sure. There's a lot of time and it relaxes you. It, It actually makes you better. We're in football no. No, no they talk about your mama they, yeah. they want to kill you right you don't have any room and on the bench you got to be kind of jacked up or yeah. someone will kill you I mean, yeah. you could die today right baseball you don't go into a game like that it's it's much more leisure and the, there's only a couple coaches and they're often far away so you can you can have this kind of sure it lends itself to wit and humor and, yeah I just some of the funniest guys I was ever around in my whole life were, were some of these players and yeah. they didn't have any comic aspirations that thought that they could make a living writing jokes you know never crossed their mind but right. they were just really funny guys just sure. situationally you know. yeah and I thought you, you took a lot of
0: time and it was like I was very excited to see that you, you, you played some baseball
1: I mean you Yeah, you, we finally we deliver one little scene on the baseball field. But it's
0: nice. You yeah, know, you, you really get a, a sense payoff. of it. a little bit of
1: a payoff. It you, is. you get to kind of realize, "Oh, that's that's who they are." You know, right. you understand the pecking order. Right. A little bit. And this movie for
0: you, like did you find it was about that 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 realization that there's a bigger world out there and, and about who who you are cuz like some of these guys are pretty set. They're like on a pro track if possible, but they knew that that they was think. a long shot and whatever yeah. on some level. But, you know, the, your main character, Jake, is, like, you know, in the end, towards the end where he's, you know, talking to her about, you know, his essay about Sisyphus and whatnot, yeah. you realize, like, yeah. well, he's got some other interests. Like, he's kind of yeah. open-minded that it, that this is right. about
1: I- identity, about mm-hmm. sense of self. Yeah, he's asking those kind of questions. So you see him at the earliest, at the early stages of kind of questioning who he is. And, and it's that responsibility of, like, well who do you want to be? Yeah. You know, where's your spirit taking you? you yeah. Know? I mean, it's, it says a lot that he wants to hang out with the cool girl. Who's not the, you know, the groupie who right. kind of likes him in there. You know, he's kind of like, Oh yeah. You know, he's drawn to her for yeah. some reason. She got something else going on. Yeah. He bonds with Finn, the smartest guy on the team. Right. And they have a shorthand of wit, you know, right. they get each other's like extra little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's how it is. Sometimes in those group environments, like there's two or three guys on the team who you make a joke, some reference, that two guys pick up on, right. but that's the best kind of humor. Sure, because you, know, yeah. you look and uh, you know, no one else even got that. Joke. Yeah, yeah. and There's but, a little hazing yeah. goes on that was kind of funny. <laughs> I yeah. love
0: the way the country dude just was like, I don't need that magic shit. He's not going to even play along with He's like oh, set up.
1: How about that? You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very simple,
0: simple. You know what? What did you feel when you you know when you actually finished cutting this and you you, you watched it with an audience? I mean, because not unlike Dazed and Confused, for me it felt very personal. You know, just because I grew up then Mm -hmm. and because it all
1: seemed very familiar to me. Yeah. Did you feel that way when you watch it? Yeah. Oh, it just feels it's so fun to hang out with the guys. I mean, I have the personal relation of making the movie with this, you know, wonderful young cast, so I can experience it on that level. Yeah. But then also part of my brain and I think my impulse to make the movie is I'm getting to really deal with those those college years, what that meant you know, Uh just that little sliver of time all these years later. Like, what does that mean? It's an interesting, you know, transitional point in your life developmentally, you know, so I could kind of, you know, work through that. And I realized I had a lot less mixed feelings about college than I did high school for reasons we've already discussed. You know, it's like, oh, that was, and it's the first point in my adult life. I think I point in my life, I go, okay, that was a pretty good time. Yeah, I go, I I buy it. I'm buying in. That was a good time. And comparatively, you know, I've got a daughter who just got out of college. It was fun. College was so cheap, you know, it was a good, you know, it was cheap. The stakes were low. You didn't mortgage your future just to get a secondary education, you know.
0: Were you there on a scholarship?
1: Yeah. I mean, school was so cheap and we had a scholarship anyway, so school was really cheap. Right. You could take your, I had financial aid because, you know, didn't have much money in the family, so. I, it's like I w- had a scholarship and free money on top of it. Right. As a, I got a Pell Grant. Yeah. So it was like nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt like I was living large, man. I could buy buy the music, buy the, you know, whatever, yeah. go to the concert, you know. Yeah. It. Um, so it was nice. So I, I think it was a, like kind of in that point in time was to kind of pre, pre Reagan era. You know, yeah. Pre AIDS, pre Reagan era, yeah. pre just say no. It got tougher to be a young person. Yeah. I think on a couple of you know both like legally you know they they kind of upping drinking ages right making you right made it illegal for young people to be in a car to get you know like oh you can only have one teenager and you know curfews and sure just they kind of went after youthful fun in the 80s kind of backlash yeah and then also you had the the parenting change too so young people you've got we were left alone as kids but now you had parents here and the government kind of taking away your rights so
0: i don't know it was right before all that
1: Yeah, this is kind of. I look back and go, "Oh, that's a the the culture's transitioning." Yeah, pretty soon you're going to have Ronnie and Nancy saying, "Just say no," and right, you know, abstinence only education is the only way to go.
0: And there was no internet, shame, guilt.
1: Yeah, it was very social. You know, like today, the guys riding around singing to a song. You know, they they might have music going, but there's there's four one guy driving and four guys looking at their. Smart yeah, phones, you know, texting and, somebody. Or right. And then yeah.
0: this they're just looking out the window and yeah, looking just, at each other. You're filling
1: that time with, yeah, yeah. with yeah. something.
0: It all made sense to me. And now as I talk to you, I, I realize how much you know baggage in terms of fear and judgment and you know looking through current times that you bring to this thing and 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 wonder about it. And then you realize, you know, as I'm talking to you that yeah, you know, the point you made before about the changing of the culture was it, it was it was actually genuinely a more innocent time, and you don't necessarily think of you know post seventies America being innocent, yeah. but in terms of <coughs> how shit was going to be guided yeah. and come
1: down, and comparatively, in, even though we had hostages yeah. in our, in Iran yeah. at the time, there wasn't a war on the horizon. The Vietnam hangover dudes were like still no, around no one was getting drafted right. i mean we were in the, the country wasn't going to be invading any right. any anytime soon right that sort of starts shifting in the 80s so right. it was a nice little lull right i mean right. people weren't really happy with carter and the economy and there was a lot of strife but when you're a kid you know right you don't care what the inflation rate is when you're 18 right. years old does right does it affect your life no? yeah no
0: and yeah and the and, and a lot of stuff was just sort of starting about you know around you know the dialogue on college campuses and uh, uh, you know about you know, gender and and, and other things like that, that it hadn't really picked up speed. And there was a a sort of like, you know, things were okay. These guys were having a good
2: time.
1: Yeah, well, they thought weed would be legal any second. You know, remember it was going to be just that was coming so that everything went the other direction. I mean, a lot of progress, obviously. It's something like, you know, gay civil rights. You know, that's yeah, huge advance from this time. Yeah. and, And other areas to progress but then there's that cultural backlash too yeah yeah you know i think reagan brought more more overt racism kind of sure. to yeah. the fore, where that was kind of a notion you thought oh that was going to be a thing in the past we're t- our generation is just too cool we don't think that way that's for old right f- fogies yeah I mean, but the old fogies kind of took back over yeah you know?
0: yeah they they do that sometimes they did yeah. you you also come to the film with a lot of those kind of like with those movie expectations like i said earlier of that type of film of a college mm-hmm. movie of a party movie and it really isn't that because it goes much deeper. So there's a lot of these weird expectations that get turned in on themselves because mm-hmm. you don't go for the joke; you go for the humanity of it, which is a lot better.
1: Well, I think I'm I'm happy when people kind of pick up on that because I mean we've seen this genre done to death. Yeah, know, there's the humor and the, yeah. the, the the certain kind of humor, but I think if you can mix that with something that feels real to someone's own life, sure, you know, maybe that that could potentially resonate. But I don't know what the expectations are. You know, it's, 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 it's in of, your
0: mind. Yeah. You know, like when you see it, when you're sitting down for a movie like that and you're like, college mm-hmm. students, two empty
1: houses. Okay, here yeah. we go. Yeah, exactly. Well, Animal House was was looming, you know, even as, Still, we, as we lived in those houses, we were very aware, like, this is our animal house. It happened. We'd it was- all seen the movie numerous times and now we had our own houses. So it couldn't help. We had these crazy parties, probably. Oh, that's which, right. We never had a toga party, but right. we... It was kind of it like that. It was a, out already, wasn't oh, it? Oh yeah, it had come out a couple years, you know, a little before. Right. So it, the influence was pretty immediate, right, in the culture. So we were. I I just say the DNA of, of Animal House is here because, it it was a big thing. That's I, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Even I, the, if you think about the sophisticated humor that Finn's doing, trying to be, he's a little like Tim Matheson. Right, you know, right. There was that pitch. It That's was a right. little bit. You know, yeah, maybe yeah, there. Yeah. You know, there's that. There's sure, sure. Plumber's probably. You know. Right, Bluto, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. No, no, it I can't help but so these that, archetypes are floating around. It, you it, know? It,
0: they were really there because they'd seen the film, mm-hmm. and also I liked all the attention paid to you know to bongs, uh, <laughs> and to and to kegs. Yeah, and to making every clear punch or whatever punch yeah, that was it's
1: called different things. Trash can punch. We called sure. it coon dog punch. Uh-huh. One guy on the team, but but uh, but yeah. like you know that was definitely a part of like you know how
0: you know how are you going to drink beer faster. You know, like uh, all that stuff yeah. was—these uh, are was real These stuff. are
1: important things.
0: <laughs> at, at that, all right. Yeah, I guess you got to—you uh, got to run. But it's always great uh, talking to you, and I—I yeah, really enjoyed the movie. It was—it was, it was oh. heartwarming. It was fun, and uh, it was nostalgic for me. But also, uh, you know, kind of revelatory.
1: Great. And you did great—great oh. great job. Wonderful. Well, it's great talking to you always. Thanks for—thanks for having me back. So that was
0: fun that was a good conversation i like talking to those guy that guy you know you pick up speed and he's very thoughtful and he's nice and you know he makes you know he's he's like a, a fucking auteur he's the real deal and he brought me a thin lizzy record okay sam rockwell has had an amazing career he's been in a lot of things uh some great things he's one of those guys you see and you just love seeing him that's really the truth of the matter like matchstick men was great uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was great. Uh, the Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. He was great in that. Choke. He was fun in Choke. Moon. That, that movie by, that David Bowie's son did is an astoundingly great movie. He's just one of those guys. He was in Laggies with uh, who? Uh, Lynn Shelton, my friend, directed that. Anyway, Sam Rockwell, he's uh, one of the most recognizable and interesting character actors working today and, and I was happy that he came over and this is me Talking to him.
2: We got a heart out. I'm First of told. all, thanks for watching the movie, by the way. It's very d- nice of you to... to
0: you never know with those things. And I didn't know with that one for a little while. Uh, it was, you know, there's a... Uh, it's a romantic comedy.
2: Yeah, it aims to be you know gross point blank or something. It's a but it's action.
0: funny like because I haven't watched those kind of things. It's like a, a romantic comedy set 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 against ultra violent slapstick.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, exactly. you know what I mean?
0: Like you're like, well, this yeah. is cute, and they're like, holy shit.
2: Yeah, I mean, my my aim was always gross point blank. That was my. Right, this sort goal, of dark, satirical,
0: you know? funny—you know.
2: Well, I think but it's that's r- a very special. That's a very special movie, Brian
0: right? With Kuzak, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Driver, you know, that's a great movie.
0: You know, your dynamic with Anna Kendrick was great. You know, and that's really what drives those kind of movies. Nice, yeah, where you know it's, it's cute, it's funny. You know, uh, yeah. you, you both seem to have some genuine moments amidst all the uh, the chaos and the the crazy plot. Yeah, and it was nice to see uh, uh, Tim Roth being weird.
2: Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> He's great. Tim's great, man. He's awesome. And Anna's great. She's really, really When you get a script really like funny that, really clever. Yeah. Um, yeah. What,
0: what's the decision process? Because you seem to be a guy that kind of chooses your shit.
2: I try to choose well. Sometimes it works out, you know. Sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. You know, it was a chance to be like an action dude, you know, yeah. which I don't get to do, you know. And I'd done some <laughs> fight scenes in films, but right. this was a chance to do that stuff. For and, real. And yeah, it was fun for me, you know. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have the budget. We had to choreograph a lot of these fights yeah uh, in a very short amount of time you know oh really like the kind you normally have months for this kind of thing if you were doing a mission impossible but you know those fights are really fun if you're like i'm sort of a wannabe dancer and so that's kind of what what those fights are like and you do fun. like to dance huh yeah you know so i i think that's what it's like to do those kind of fight scenes it's like dance choreography didn't you do
0: a musical you've done a musical i've never done a musical oh got, you didn't
2: I mean, I'm not a, like a singer like Anna is. But do like, I, sing? Do,
0: I, I I sing, but privately. You know, yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I do me a lot too. of private singing. Good stuff, too. Yeah. I like, get powerful. In, in the, the shower, go, in the bathtub. Yeah, in my living room, occasionally in the car. I can really nail it yeah, sometimes. Sure. Are you afraid to sing in public?
2: No, I'd sing in public. I can croon. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. You know, I yeah. wouldn't be like I wouldn't say I'm like Les Miserables type, type but singer. But
0: yeah, but that's what's great about musicals. You should do a gig, man, get a musical and yeah, you know, it's the vulnerability of it. It's yeah. it's like you don't have to be a good singer. You you have to be like, Oh Sam Rockwell singing. It's
2: nice. <laughs> <laughs> I would do that. I would do guys and dolls or something like that. You, you should. Come on. Yeah. Where were you where'd you come from? I came from San Francisco. I like this area, by the way. I was that that Cafe della? Oh uh, yeah, de, le- de Leche, yeah. Cafe I like, de leche Austin or something. A
0: little bit. It's starting to turn that way. I've watched it happen. You yeah, know, when cool. I moved here, it wasn't it wasn't there. Not any of
2: it. And I like that shit. I do. Too. I like hipster shit. I, I do. like Williamsburg. You know, like yeah. people make fun of beards, and yeah. I like that stuff because I I don't know they have good coffee and yeah. good food. Yeah, good coffee, good, good beer, food, and
0: there's a creativity, creative spirit in the air with uh, how people organize yeah. their shops. You're not sure what the point of them is, but you know you you're happy for the effort Yeah. when you walk in and you're like, all right, you got, a, got a, a few records and a hat.
2: Yeah, it's like you nice know? bohemia. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: You know what I mean? San Francisco, though, has a, a whole different, like that place, I lived there for a couple of years and I never knew what the fuck was going on there, ever. Yeah,
2: it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's not all, you know, rice and cable cars. <laughs> Hell I mean, it's no. a lot going on there. Yeah, there's, right? There's, there's ghettos and there's nice neighbors, rich people, poor people.
0: And there's a creative chaos and a sort of identity chaos that goes on there. Like, I never knew who was in charge or what was happening or... Yeah. Why that guy is like that? You know, a lot of questions. Yeah. So, you born in San Francisco?
2: I was born there, and then I went to New York. My parents separated when I was five. We lived in the Bronx. And but let's talk in... about
0: San Francisco. Yeah. How long well, we... were you there?
2: I kind of went back and forth, but I, San Francisco. What part of town? Everywhere, man. In uh, San Francisco? Yeah. In the, pro- yeah, in proper. You mm-hmm. know, like I went to uh, school, AP Giannini and uh, McAteer, and Aisha Tyler and Margaret Cho went to McAteer. And we were in sort of a school. Really,
0: you're all together. Yeah, when you're like school of the arts.
2: Really, but it was like a you know like can you uh, say fuck? Can you say fuck? Yeah, yeah. It's like a fuck. It was like a watered down. It was like a low budget fame. Right, but you knew you wanted to do that. Yeah, I mean, my parents were actors, so I got into it early, and I kind of took it for granted. And then we,
0: they were actors, like working actors.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then my dad dropped out of that, and he became a union organizer. And uh, he was in the printing union. He was a cab driver. He really? Was, he did a bunch of jobs, yeah. But he became a big union guy. After acting. So, like, what kind yeah, of... Yeah, like, the like, you... union rep for the supermarket, clerks, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, I couldn't cross picket lines. We met Harvey Milk when I was, like, eight. We lived in the Castro. We lived in the Haight-Ashbury. We lived in Park Merced. Do you remember
0: meeting Harvey Milk?
2: We lived in the Tenderloin, which is, you know... Yeah,
0: that's a rough
2: few blocks. That was before my dad <laughs> got a good job, and, you know... <laughs> oh, really? That was a tough... Yeah, we moved around a lot, you it's, know, San it's... Diego, and... But
0: Francisco. Francisco's got a heavy vibe to it, like the weather never changes a lot, and it's always sort of cloudy, sometimes with that moving fog. I always felt that there was a mystical element that was a little bigger than me and kind of dark.
2: Kind of Jack London darkness. Yeah, Yeah, did you feel that? Well, yeah, I mean, I loved it. I know what you're saying, and when we were in high school, we'd always pray for sun, but like... And now when I go back, I'm like, man, I wish I was always like this everywhere. Right. Yeah, you know, nice it's, and cool. It's temperature clean is air. perfect. Yeah. You know, it's great. Go up to
0: Point Reyes and just sit there. Yeah. You ever just go up north a little bit to Bolinas and shit and walk around?
2: No, i never been up there. I've been, I feel like I've been up north, but- well, you know, Odesto, like Paso Marin,
0: like, like it's just a, those, County. Little, yeah, those little beach areas. I used to go hiking up in Point yeah. Reyes and, you know, yeah. wander what's, around. What's the
2: other? Stenson Yeah, Stenson beach. beach, yeah. yeah was Half Moon Bay. Half Moon Bay, yeah, that sure, kinda... I used to drive down there. We used to live right by Ocean Beach, actually. We used to live right by the beach.
0: So when you were a kid, though, did you see your dad act?
2: I remember, in fact, I remember going to Ocean Beach when yeah. John Lennon died. Really? Kind of having a, that a moment, moment? Of, uh, of, like, silence or something. Okay. How
0: old were you, like 12?
2: Yeah, probably. You know, as a kid.
0: Yeah, I remember when he died. That was horrendous. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even remember what year that was. I remember when he died. I remember when Belushi died. Belushi was, for some reason, pretty pretty you, devastating for me too.
2: Have you? Do you have Phil Hoffman on this podcast?
0: No. I, who did I just talk to that worked with Phil? Like I, people have talked about Phil. So yeah. Ethan Hawke was just in here. Oh, that's right. I heard. Yeah. I would have liked to have Phil. I, I imagine it might have happened at some point, but it didn't get to happen. Yeah. Yeah. He was a friend of yours, right?
2: Yeah, it's weird when you start knowing people who are like Gary who are like, They die. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. It's a really... few people
0: on the show because I, I have to put them back up, you know, that, you know, out of respect and, yeah. and, and in memory of and Like, yeah, people, as you get older, dude, it's, it's, it's really going to happen, mean. man. It's really weird, man. Uh, yeah, I, I try not to think about it. I don't, where, are you, <laughs> where are you at with your mortality consciousness? I, I'm not good.
2: I think about it every day, man. You do? You know? Oh, yeah, sure, man. I'm, like like
0: this is it? Or
2: I'm 47. I'm like, yeah, I just think about all that shit, you know, and prostates and all that kind of shit. Well, you got to get that um, checked.
0: You're not one of those guys that's sort of like, no, nah, I ain't doing that. No, I uh, get it checked. Oh, I'm, good. I'm,
2: I'm, I'm clean. <laughs> good. But, uh, you know, it's intense. You Isn't know? it
0: weird that so many guys yeah. get sick because they're too proud to have a fucking clinical person stick a finger in their ass? i mean I grow the fuck up
2: i think it's a denial
0: sure know. it is or well you know it does feel good but you know in that moment like well i don't want to commit to this you know? yeah
2: yeah no it's a lot man you know. it is sure but
0: uh, let's go back to uh did you ever see your dad work as an actor
2: I didn't. I saw my mom work. I actually worked with my mom on stage when I was a kid, when I was 10. In New York. But my dad quit before I ever saw him act.
0: So but that didn't uh that didn't temper your your desire to do it like cuz he probably was like fuck this. Was it that yeah, kind of quitting?
2: He had to raise me. I mean, he could he I was, you know, he was a single parent. Are you an only child? I'm an only child and then he got remarried when I was like 8. Yeah. And uh and then, and then that we had kind of more of a middle class. Yeah. And I was sort of a latchkey kid, you know. Back and forth. Yeah, but that was more kind of...
0: New York and L.A.?
2: Yeah, I'd go in the summer to visit my mom, and I'd hang out with her and her crazy bohemian friends. She was singing telegrams. Oh, really? And then I went to this high school, but it was like 500 School of the Arts people within a 2,000 city kids. In San Francisco. So it was like, yeah, so we had rich kids coming to do the School of the Arts, and then we also had kids from Hunter's Point and kids from the Mission. Integrated. It was very integrated very and very eclectic in, in... how much money people had, and the football team was probably more popular than the than the acting group. Always, you know? yeah. So it wasn't really like a proper school of the arts, right? But I know? mean, but
0: at least it gave you the option to sort of work those muscles and have that creativity. It did, and yeah. I
2: and I took it for granted. I smoked pot and chased girls, and then when I went to New York, I studied with William Esper, and that's where I met my acting coach Terry Knickerbocker and that's where things got more like serious, for, when, right, know. for the acting. Yeah, like I was kind of fucking around until I was like twenty four. Were you
0: doing shows? Or were you doing I plays? Think I took it you for
2: doing... granted because it was the family business in, in San Francisco. Yeah, you know. And what so, were you? Where
0: were you performing?
2: Uh, as far as uh, you, went, Were you doing I, shows? Like when, when I was in high school, you mean?
0: Yeah, or in your early twenties before you. I went was in just New York.
2: doing restaurant jobs, busting tables, and doing. And once in a while, I'd like book a commercial. I got an agent. I'd get these like local commercials, commercials? like national commercials. Oh yeah, It'd be it would be like you know winning the lottery sure what, know, which be, ones did you do i did everything i did ford tractor uh, <laughs> ford American tractor? express yeah. i played a drug dealer i did um <laughs> i did every burger king yeah I and mean, i did i did like tons of commercials so yeah,
0: residual checks coming in so you're making money yeah
2: so i'd be like a bar back and then all of a sudden this check would come in yeah. and i could pay the rent for three months it's you know? beautiful it was great it was yeah. great it was the best and then as you get you know, you get more notoriety in film. You you can't obviously. I mean, you can now. It's all changing. You know, yeah. Do commercials, but now everything. Now, but you could do it anonymously. All bets damn. are off now.
0: Yeah. No one knew you. You're just a guy yeah. working for a living. I guess there's no shame in it. But some guys, as yeah. you get older, in your name, you got to be more decisive about what you're going to be putting yeah. your face on. Yeah. So, so back then, your training was really just what you did in high school and and performing. So it was sort yeah. of like chaotic. and my mother
2: my mother teaching me about sort of the rules of of improvisation and she She was was an improviser she was she was in a troupe and that was the play we did it was sort of based on these sketches in New York in New York it was called Joan Crawford's children Uh uh-huh and it was kind of like mommy dearest yeah it was a guy playing Joan Crawford and my mother was like a sort of a female doctor strange love character she was the nurse to the kids Mm -hmm. It was very strange but uh, yeah strange but but I learned about improv a little bit and then I studied Meisner as an adult
0: Meisner is that where you look at each other and repeat things?
2: Yeah, which is also improv based.
0: You yeah, because it, I've done it. You just go like you know like sad.
2: <laughs> did you do repetition? You
0: did some of that? <laughs> no, but I know guys that did it, and I'd ask yeah. people like you know what was that like? You know, and they'd it's, be like, and they'd show me how it was done.
2: You know what it's like? It's really like this. It's yeah. like it's like being in the moment, right? And take trying to put your attention on something else, right? And then you got to be still, and you're kind of naked,
0: right? Then, like, like, how do you mean? Like, if, if, if it's me and you right now, like, the, like. Well, I
2: say I'd start off with something superficial, like that's a green shirt, and you go, yeah, that's a green a green shirt. shirt, and I go, that's a green shirt, and and then eventually it might change. You'd be like. You seem kind of perturbed about my green shirt or something. Oh, and then so you, you, you w- start to read behavior.
0: So you, f- you feel the shift? Someone decides that there's a shift? Is there a rule yeah. to it? Like you have to stay on uh, the object for uh, like a minute? Sh- or- the
2: shift was always a strange thing. Like we never knew when to make the shift. And sometimes the teacher would be like, no, don't. Stay with it. Stay with this. Yeah,
0: he's about to cry. Stay yeah, with stay the shirt. With,
2: stay with the shirt. But then you would have to change it. It, right. has, it has to be where you have to. You have to address what's going on.
0: And what would you learn from that?
2: well i learned because first there's like these nervous giggles yeah and then you start maybe somebody gets angry or somebody starts crying right so all this is sort of to strip you down so that you just be right you know and that's what we need in acting is just to kind of fucking be right and stop acting right you know yeah and you know that's the thing i I hate when people say actors are good liars I, i i think actually no they're If they're trained well, they're they're supposed to be, that's the best, that's the time when they really tell the truth. Right. Well,
0: see, I think a lot of people, and some actors do this too, if if they don't say that they're good liars, they say we're good at pretending, which is a little different, but still that's demeaning to the craft of acting. But I think a lot of people don't necessarily have a craft in place and they're just getting away with it because of natural gifts. Yeah. You Um, know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I mean it's a, it yeah, it's it's something to be taken seriously. If you want to if you want to master so, it like a Robert Duvall or exactly. a Mel Streep or whoever, right. you know. Right, yeah.
0: but there there people that're just sort of like, "Yeah, I can do it." And they just show up and they do it. <laughs> and you know, you're like, oh, "Fuck that guy." And it, it, but and no one knows for the the wiser, but then when you see somebody like yourself or Duvall or yeah. or young actors who take it seriously and they really fucking lock in, you're like, no, oh, there's something different there." Yeah, that's what I mean, you hope.
2: yeah. When you see a really great, you know, when you see Benicio or somebody like oh, that, man.
0: did you watch Sicario? Oh,
2: fucking, he was incredible. What
0: the hell is that? What I was? Mean, that? You know, that's yeah. great,
2: man. He's Do you,
0: just, are you guys buddies?
2: I know him a little bit. He's yeah. a nice guy. He's a really, he's actually a very sweet guy, very funny, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, that's like what he does. That's his That's his zone, you know? Right, yeah, but
0: but what you're talking about, you know, you know, I I see what you do, too, in, in a lot of the movies I've seen you, and I haven't seen all of them, because you're one of those guys where, you know, I look at the the, the goddamn resume, and I'm like, holy fuck. Am I going to be up all night? damn watching.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, wanna, yeah. but there's
0: a presence, is what you're talking about. It is an ability to be yeah. present and emotional and open. Like, someone once told me that... Uh, They were talking to Gene Hackman, I think, uh, and how he prepared. And he just basically said, said, I think he said something like, I know how to fill up. Like, you know, like like before he went on, he could just, you know, pull himself.
2: I know how to fill up. Something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, I I worked with him, and he would just kind of keep to himself, and all of a sudden, he'd be like, bang! Yeah, you did? Yeah, we did this David Mamet movie uh, called Heist. Oh yeah, 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 um, and it was. I learned a lot from him.
0: Yeah, just watching him.
2: Yeah, yeah, I learned a. lot. You know, the, sometimes the camera department. You know, I'm very, I'm very accommodating. Yeah, me Sam you naturally. Know, like, yeah, I'm like a people pleaser yeah. kind of guy. You know, years of therapy has helped me. Uh, oh yeah, is that me. what?
0: Would you track that to the divorce or you know the people pleasing? Like you know.
2: You know who the fuck knows? I mean, we—I went to a lot of different schools, and I had to make friends quick, and maybe that's why I have good social skills. But I think that, you know, I think often actors are terribly insecure, and I think it yeah. takes years to learn to kind of ask for what you need on a on a set, or, or
0: to or, say or uh, on the stage, or leave me alone
2: yeah leave me alone let me do my thing you know and I was in a scene with him in the car and, yeah and he's got to get angry at my character right and they keep the camera keep camera department is trying to do the shot and they keep sort of telling Gene Hackman to kind of go like you know hey Gene can you can you move a little bit to the to on the dashboard you know and he's like yeah yeah okay and he's like you know we just want you you think you could just come he's like guys guys don't hand me in don't hand me in <laughs> okay? Cuz you know, he's got to get emotional right there. He's got <laughs> to right. yell at my character right. and he's got to come from a real And so, I don't I think he was protecting himself. And right. he was saying, I don't think he was being an asshole. Right. No, of course not. he was just protecting say, "Hey guys, I need to I need to move around here." Yeah. <laughs> this is not a technical scene, you know. Right, but right. Sometimes it's camera day and sometimes it's actor day and right. sometimes it's both. Right. You know, and you sure. got to So it's like pull back, get your master, and yeah. Then, like, yeah you know what i mean yeah i saw jeffrey wright do that too and it was beautiful he and and you know it's like what'd you do with him i did this movie single shot and you know you're you're doing scenes where you're, you're like driving and the, right. the camera department's like can you just go down a little more and you're like like this <laughs> uh, yeah, just go down a little more and you're like hey, man i can't drive the car like this man you know like enough already you know <laughs> So, you do the best you can, and you know that they, and and, uh, you know, DPs are amazing. Yeah. yeah. I I have complete respect for them, but you know. But there is a moment where, like, they, they, like, come on, guys, you know.
0: Right. Where they're not really thinking in terms of the practicality of what you have to achieve. They just want to cheat the shot. It's like, it's like your eye line's over here. Like, that doesn't make sense. You know, and then you're looking over there and you're having a conversation. That doesn't even yeah. exist in real life, but that's the magic of movie you make. Yeah. And you know this, you're doing the show. Yeah, you, yeah, you know
2: right. It. And one of my pet peeves is like, nobody cares about the actor off camera. Right. <laughs> yeah, nobody it, gives a fuck about the actor. And I'm like, that's just as important to me Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. as the actor off camera. Sure, you absolutely.
2: Know? Like, there's something going on here in yeah. order to get something out of you. Yeah, he's got to show up for me. Yeah, we're gonna, doing something here. Yeah. I'm here for you know Maya Rudolph or whoever. <laughs> right. You know yeah. and, and and you know you're there for somebody. Right. And you're like I'm not just trying to get right next to the yeah. fucking lens. And I, I'm doing something here. I'm working too, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I sound like I'm bitching or something. No, you're not bitching. It's just
0: like I it's like it's not all the time that that I can talk to actors about about acting because a lot of times you know anyone's craft around it or how they got to where they are is not that defined. You know, they learn some things when they're younger and then they integrate some things, but they can't sit there and tell you what it is. You know, they're fr- yeah. like I just had Ethan yeah. Hawke in here and, and one of the most yeah. a- astounding things that he said was that in order to do training day, he basically watched Denzel movies cuz he, he it was like he was watching game footage. Like he
2: he would That's he, how he prepared? A little bit, That's not how, the character. Yeah, that sounds terrifying. Not yeah. the
0: character, but the but the sense that like he knew how Denzel handled the scene. And he knew that if he was going to to own himself and his character, that he had to, you know, he really had to show up and not, you know, and be, you know, right alongside Denzel, not let Denzel like, you know, push yeah. him down. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. drive over him. Yeah. It was almost like he's preparing for a
2: game. You know, he's like watching game footage. Like, see, I see how he move right there. You know what I mean? That's smart. That's <laughs> smart. I would. I, I wouldn't have the balls to. Ethan's very, very smart guy. I mean, you know, I wouldn't have. I'd be. That would make me nervous. But I. Because I would start to get like hero worship okay. or something. Yeah, you know? I get that
0: too. I mean, I, I, I it's very hard for me. Not and then the people pleasing just destroys
2: you if you got the hero yeah. worship. You're like, yeah. Well, what can I do? Is yeah, there- <laughs> that's bit me on the ass a couple times. <laughs> really? You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, Working with big uh, stars. Yeah. You know, you early on. You know, you you can't you in gotta, films or TV. In films, TV, and you kind of like who give over your sure yeah she yeah know? yeah 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 you can't eat. well I, I I'd rather not say but okay. I. I Early on, I I was definitely like uh, became you know you can't be a fan in, in the scene in the scene yeah. you know you gotta kind of <laughs> but I like that Ethan was kind of strategically going okay this is what I'm I, this is I gotta watch out for that pass and that thing <laughs> yeah, a little you bit know? You know, that's kind of cool I like that yeah. yeah and it wasn't you know it was you know he loves
0: Denzel was no disrespect but he just no, wanted I mean... to he wanted to 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 have his
2: space yeah.
0: you know when you're with a dude that's like a you know just a you Know a force
2: of nature, you gotta, yeah. you know what I mean? You know, yeah, you can totally, use... and that paid off. I mean, he Ethan's great in that, that's a great movie, and they're yeah. both great in it. When you're in New York, would you start with theater? I started in theater, and I just did a play, uh, in, in New York with Nina Arianda. We did a play uh, on Broadway, we did this Fool for Love, and uh, I continue to try to do theater. I've been, um, it's that's you know it's like going to the gym. I, it's like doing a stand, stand up. up yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, that's you exactly know. what it's like. Yeah. You're not gonna do that in film, so it's like working those muscles and, and right. There's no cut. There's yeah. It's you, man. You gotta go <laughs> yeah, you all know? the way through. All the way through. Hold man. it. You gotta hold. it. I had it. to do a lasso too. That was a lot of pressure. I'm, man. I'm glad really? that's over. Yeah, I had to fucking nail these objects with this lasso. How long was the run? And I had nightmares that you know Ed Harris. The role was written for Ed Harris. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Oh. And back he did it like 30 years ago. I wonder how that guy's doing. He's. I think he's doing good. He's doing Westworld. Is you he? Know?
0: The, a new remake of it. Yeah, he's doing on the Joel Brenner part. I think he's doing the Joel Brenner part. The robot.
2: Yeah. Oh, that. it's good. Good that's casting, good. casting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes, to, but he came to the play finally, yeah. and he he was very nice. He was very, and I thank God I roped good that night because yeah. I had nightmares that he was in the audience every night <laughs> gonna, in the roping scene. Because you know I'd heard all these stories about his performance. You know he did it thirty years ago and, and nailed it every Kathy time. Baker. Invented yeah, the roping yeah. scene. Yeah, I said to Sam Shepard, "Did he ever miss?" He's like, "No." No. <laughs> I'm like, "Really? He never missed? Come on!" You know, was it a Shepard play? It's Sam Shepard play. Which it's one Love. Love. Oh, Fool for Love is and, what you're uh, talking about. Yeah,
0: yeah. I yeah, I remember that. I remember when that came out. It was a, a pretty stripped down thing for Sam. Like it was like different than like you know his sort of like verbose yeah. earlier plays where you know it was very you know two characters. Primarily. Yeah, pretty much.
2: Yeah, and there's these other characters. Um, the guy Martin who comes in and the old man is sort of like the dad and uh, Gordon Joseph Weiss and Tom Pelfrey did that Nina Arianda and I are the two lovers right. and they're. it turns out they're half brother and sister it's oh. very yeah you know, there's always a
0: dad in his plays that walks in and it yeah. brings
2: the darkness <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah totally no, it's it's a dark play. But did it's a he cool direct play. you in it? No, uh, Daniel Lockin, this, okay. this British guy. He he's a wonderful director. He did he directed it, and uh, you know we had a, we had a lot of fun with it. And and Philip, what was your relationship with him? Oh, Phil was a friend, and then he, uh, he was an amazing director, and uh, he taught me a lot about stage acting. But he was he was a he was a dear friend, and and uh, you know obviously he was a kind of a mentor, even though we're about the same age. Yeah, we were about the same age. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I learned a lot from Phil, you know.
0: Like what? Like when you're I, stage acting,
2: like you he, know. He really looked at it like an athletic event. I mean, he had like, you know, wrestling background and right, he in kinda, high school. Yeah, he kind of coached us like it was almost like a <laughs> like a football game, you yeah. know? It oh, was really? like Hoosiers or something, really? you know? Yeah. Yeah, but he would say incredible stuff to me and and Eric and we were doing the scene judas and the devil's called last days of judas scary and he'd say you know you guys are getting laughs and i know we got some rewrites and it's you're getting a lot of laughs he's like i don't give a fuck if you get laughs i just i want to scare the audience a little bit you know <laughs> i want to make them nervous you know? right right and um so he had this attitude he really wanted it, you knew that he could he could talk the talk but he could also walk the walk yeah because i've seen him on i saw him on stage in true West. And Death of a Salesman. And I think he was I saw him in True West. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a fucking monster. He didn't was like he do, George C. Scott? I mean, he was a monster.
0: Didn't he do True West where they would switch
2: up? Yeah, with, yeah, with John C. Riley. Yeah, yeah, they'd yeah. switch the roles up. Yeah, man. That's, I mean, that's
0: pretty insane, man. Pretty insane. Yeah, to do Lee and Austin and just to flip it.
2: Yeah. 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 Insane.
0: Yeah, but he could do it.
2: He could do it, and he demanded a lot of himself. When he was on stage,
0: that's probably what exhausted him and made him so fragile. Yeah. Like he, 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 he definitely had this sensitivity. Like he was very willing to, to go to those places that might break you in real yeah. life. Yeah. you know what I mean.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. That's what made him special. I mean, yeah, he was he was one of a kind. You know. Yeah. And when yeah. when
0: when you um, because I I think you you will make yourself available too, but you seem to like to do funny shit.
2: Yeah, yeah, I like to do funny <laughs> shit. It, you know, you kind of either you do either you're funny or you're not funny. I guess that's, I don't that, know, no, right? I was just
0: talking about the other
2: day. I, I mean, I don't try to be funny sometimes, and a you people, know, you're hilarious, right? Like, you're actually, not, I was trying. To,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah, but you're a naturally funny guy.
2: <laughs> I think people are just funny, or right? Whatever, or they're right? not.
0: Or they're not. You well, know, that's, well, in my racket. When I watch, like, I've I've seen comics who are not naturally funny by any stretch of the imagination figure out how to do stand-up and 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 learn the craft and be funny. Because they can only be funny in a certain way. The
2: offstage. I'm curious you're, who you're talking about when you say that, like a Stephen Wright or somebody.
0: Yeah. Well, Stephen I, Wright's pretty funny because you know those guys, those kind of guys, they kind of invent their own time zone. Yeah. You know, So like you know, if you enter the Stephen Wright land, yeah, you're going to be laughing because you know he's he's operating at a different frequency. Yeah. So that you know he figured that out for himself, and usually that's what it is. If you know, if you don't have a class clown personality, you're not like, hey, look at me, but you have some commitment to being funny. You got to figure out how to hold it, you know, and, and be in it you yeah. know and i've seen guys who like when i first see him i'm like what the fuck is this and then eventually they figure it out you know what i mean they yeah. and it's a real testament to people who know they're funny it's like they don't get me yet but i you know but i'm gonna figure it out you know what i mean that's cool it that's is cool. cool but i think it's probably the same with you know coming into your own you know as an actor i mean because people yeah. like when you say sam rockwell yeah. people are like oh yeah fucking sam rockwell they're not like who like so you know they know who you are because of your personality yeah so how do you like even in moon which i fucking loved
2: hey thanks man thanks a lot that thanks,
0: was some man. good work dude
2: I, i'm glad you saw that yeah, oh yeah thanks, i saw man. it and yeah. i talked
0: to duncan on an oh, old you to duncan, on yeah. an old yeah. show i had like yeah. uh, when i did uh, air america stuff he came in and i just seen it and you know we talked and he seemed like a sweet guy great guy. guy
2: great guy very talented you talked to lynn shelton too
0: oh yeah she yeah. says hi by the way yeah
2: lynn's lynn's awesome she's great she's, director yeah great director we had a great time
0: and yeah. great great sense of comedy
2: Absolutely no, she's fantastic, man. No, I, uh, no, yeah, I, yeah, I've been really lucky. Moon, Moon was really a, a, a you know, a brain fuck, but it was fun. How do you prepare for
0: something like that when you know you're going to be this guy in space alone? I mean, what, what, you know, what?
2: You is, know, we bit a lot of stuff off of Dead Ringers with Jeremy Irons, and I, Ooh, I, I watched... yeah, that's uh, a, that's
0: a, that's one of those uh, off to the side movies.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that was the best time I've seen that trick done when he played twins. Yeah, and I actually, my acting coach told me to watch Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, for what yeah, reason? That was helpful. Well, the care one of the clones is sick too, so I kind of stole my sickness from uh, Ratso? Dustin Hoffman from Ratso. Yeah, and I tried to actually duplicate a shot, and where Ratso's John Voigt's combing Ratso's hair. On the hair. bus? Uh, it's on a stairwell. Oh like yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. party.
0: Uh, oh right, yeah.
2: And I said to the technical guys, you know, can we have the clones touch? And they're like, oh, you know, that's very that's very difficult to get the clones to touch. It yeah. takes a lot of. And I was like, well let's you know let's do it man i think it'd be really cool you know yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah. one of them's sick and let's let's replicate this little shot with midnight and they're like wow, well, this is gonna you know and it was very technical you have if the clones and you pulled it off we did it yeah briefly yeah you know we get and there's like a a c-stand with a tennis ball and you got to have somebody else's hand, or so. it's it's very technical stuff. So, yeah, that's a, you know. that's
0: the thing that I don't think people really appreciate about acting. It's like you know, you just spent like twelve hours on that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <You know>? yeah, <laughs> and you are trying to make a really naturalistic yeah, moment, right, and right. it's very technical. That's yeah, yeah. the job. Yeah, that's the job. Yeah, Do you, you know, It's what very mean? awkward. Yeah, and they don't understand that. Yeah, you are losing the light, and mm-hmm. you know whatever mm-hmm. you know, and you are like trying to. Yeah.
0: When we were shooting my show, I can't, I like, there's something like I want to see. I'm just going to put it out in the world. Maybe someone will make it. Because when you're shooting in LA in real time, not in a studio, you know, it's like plane. The sound guy's yeah. always like plane. And you got to wait it out. I just want to see like a short film piece where the sound guy, you're the set's on set. Yeah. And g- 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 the sound guy's like plane. And then uh, and then you hear it crash. <laughs> <laughs> and the
2: sound guy goes, okay, we're clear. <laughs> They, there is a movie for that, like Living in Oblivion or something. There's yeah, a, yeah. There's a, guy, a, a yeah. place for that moment. Oh,
0: what the hell is that guy's name who did that movie? That guy, Tom
2: Dechillo. Yeah, Tom. I worked with, uh, Tom DiCillo. All
0: right. So where where does it really start to um, when when you start to because it feels like to me the first time he really entered the the, the consciousness was uh, with the uh, Chuck Barris movie.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, actually, Tom DiCillo and I did a movie called Box of Moonlight that got some notoriety, and then I started working after that. And I did a couple of movies, Lawn Dogs, Safe Man, and then, uh, and then Safe I, Man, yeah, Safe Man's a cool movie. Peter yeah. Dinklage, yeah, and yeah, Mark yeah. Ruffalo, and Steve Zahn, and uh, and then um, and then it kind of started, and then by the time I did Confessions, I'd done a lot of movies, but I hadn't done anything that people had really. Scene. although the indie scene was different back then, you know. Yeah, so
0: smaller, a little yeah, more... Yeah, I mean, uh, there
2: were, people were actually going to movies, you know, and yeah. now the indie scene's kind of gone to cable a little bit. Yeah. You know, there's not really, like... How do you feel about, like, uh, like the, uh, about where the
0: business is at movie-wise? I mean, the, are, <sighs> I are know, you a fan of going a, to the movies?
2: I am a fan of going to the movies, and I, it's a little depressing, but it's also what's happening, you know, yeah. and I I don't get to movies as much as I'd like to. I mean, it's what's happening. You kind of have to roll with it it. yeah you know and they do have these amazing these amazing shows now so it's 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 kind of the reality you know
0: but you're living in new york and your mom's there still is she still around
2: she's still there she's a painter and uh i got a real artist
0: real artist mom
2: yeah she's a real she's uh yeah she's a bohemian
0: spirit yeah yeah and she's like she's there so you're hanging out when when you first go to new york how old were you when you start studying with esper
2: i was about 24 and you wanted to do method I wanted to do. I wanted to have a technique, but I was kind of, you know, I didn't take it seriously. And and he said, you know, you should, you should, you should really study. You know, you know what you're doing. Well, he's tech-
0: like the one of the
2: guys. He's one of the guys. He's yeah, and the, I talked to
0: other people who study with Esper.
2: One of his, uh, Meisner's main proteges. So yeah, uh, let's
0: go from there to there. So you do a Meisner.
2: Yeah. I don't remember a lot of, uh, you know, I don't know too much about the group theater and shit, but I know that Stella Adler, Sanford Meisner, and Lee Strasberg went to Russia and met this guy Stanislavski, and then they came back, and they created their own schools, and there was like three schools, and Brando studied with Stella Adler and all that. And Duvall, I think, went with Meisner and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think right. Basic- so you
0: were, you liked Brando, you liked De Niro, you liked those yeah, guys? Yeah, you know, those were the guys you yeah. looked up to. So, right.
2: so you know, uh, it's all the same shit. You know, right. It's all good acting is good acting, right. I think. You know? But
0: what was the craft you get to put in place when you work with someone like Esper? Like, outside of Meisner exercises, you're not I, doing, like, yeah. fencing or, Ju- or Alexander No, technique. that's right.
2: It's not a conservatory. It's right. not like Juilliard. You're right. It's it's not Rada. So right. We're, but it's what it, I think it just taught... It, really, the big thing was your emotional responsibility to the text. I guess mm-hmm. if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. like you—you you have a responsibility to the text, yeah, to the to the play, to right? The film, you yeah. know, and and I think that's the biggest thing. Like yeah. you have a responsibility to to bring behavior to this text. Yeah. You know. yeah, to respect it and also disrespect it. Right, You'd be like. The text means nothing. Yeah, it's about this,
0: right? About me and you, you know. And so,
2: I think that's the main thing I got.
0: And here's the trick that like always baffles me because I'm not really much of an actor. I've done my TV show, but like, how do you fucking? I guess I'm just asking for some training.
2: Um, <laughs> I think you're doing just fine.
0: Thanks. No, but how do you like? You know when you shoot things, where where you doing a scene, and then you know that 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 scene happens, and then you got to do the scene. Oh, that out happens. Of continuity. Type yeah, thing? yeah, yeah, it happens uh, the earlier that day, and like you're yeah. right,
2: that's totally fucked up. I totally uh, yeah. Where you're like, uh, some uh, people you, have like, you, like they write it out on fucking paper. They're really organized. Right? This is
0: where you need to be more tired. Yeah. You're yeah, like yeah, you, dude, you remember, you've had two drinks here.
2: You know, it's you, always good to go back and look at the script, and I and you look at your notes that you did two months ago, mm-hmm. and go, okay, oh yeah, I'm coming from there, and then just close or right. You right. know, I listen to the I listen <laughs> to my lines, so I listen. to, I got that rehearsal app, and but I, you know, you, it's always good to go back. Just when you think, oh, I've looked at the script enough. You've never really looked at it because it's even
0: funny. Even you know. watching like the movie I watched last night, Mister Right. You yeah. know, you, when you say I got to go and you go outside and you and you, you beat the shit out of that guy. And, yeah. Am I going to spoil anything? Are you yeah,
2: saying that you shot the interior?
0: Like, right, but then you got to come back in and you're sweaty and you yeah, got so you just exactly. Sort of I like, right, just I just killed a guy. Yeah. I'm going to go back in and act like everything's fine. Okay. Yeah. I
2: got and it. Sometimes that's just jumping jacks, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. or whatever, you know. Oh, you or, do that? Or like, yeah, yeah, or like some bullshit like that, or get a little windy. Hey, in. can I get some spritz or Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know? I like to run around the building and stuff, but sometimes you just hold your breath. Right. You right. know? <laughs>
1: Right, and so that's enough. <laughs> if you don't, you
2: might not be able to move. Yeah, right, know? right, right. So you got to hold your breath or something. Yeah. So I guess, like playing somebody like
0: uh, like Chuck Barris, did you, you know, because that movie is a very interesting movie. It's an interesting book and you don't even know what the fuck it is. Yeah. <laughs> and Clooney decides to make a fucking yeah. movie out of it.
2: Yes, that's right. Yeah. And,
0: and did he just approach you and go, like, you're the guy? I think you're the guy for that.
2: Yeah, well, you know. Charlie Kaufman wrote this incredible script. You know, I and talked then, to him. Yes, I know. I know. Right, that was trippy. And he's a he's a trippy, fucking a lot of genius, levels, dude. a lot of levels. Yeah, the guy's lot, brain's always going. Brain's always going.
0: Yeah, whatever's going on right here, he's working big problems. <laughs>
2: You know, he's only got a landline. Did you, know, uh, you know, that, that? makes sense. Of awesome. course,
0: why wouldn't he? Why, why be why distracted he? with that garbage? Exactly. You know, yeah, yeah, I want like those guys who no. respect their mind enough to know that uh, everything is a distraction. It's just going to rob us of our fucking brain. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, good. For I gotta them check my right. text. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it's a nightmare, dude. It's a nightmare. And the only good thing is you can listen to, like, a podcast or something sure, or look up some, sure. some art shit or, look, you got a picture or whatever. Even that's obnoxious. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, but Clooney really uh, got me that part. He he fought for me to get that part, and and it wasn't, you know, they didn't want me to play that part. No. They wanted, they wanted uh, I think they wanted Ben Stiller, mm-hmm. and we screen tested, and then... Uh, it was, uh, they did not want me for the part.
0: It's funny because I think that, like, um, you and Clooney probably got along great. You seem like similar spirits in some way.
2: Yeah, I, I really had a good time with him, you know. He's a funny a, guy. He's yeah, like he is a funny guy. He's
0: one of these weird, classy movie stars that kind of can do everything. And you're sort of like, there's got to be a flaw somewhere. Like, you know, like, <laughs> well, that's just the way I think. It. It's like, this, this guy can't be as perfect yeah. as he seems.
2: Everybody's got something. Sure, you know, but but he's he's a, he's pretty pretty awesome. He's like Tom Hanks, you know. He's one of those guys, you know.
0: And that was his first film directing job. Did so Did you feel like yeah. you guys were learning together?
2: Absolutely. He was getting after it. I mean, he was doing his homework. Oh yeah. Know? He he got after it. We yeah. did these incredible one-er shots. I mean, he did an amazing job with that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. He no, did an it's amazing it's job. A, it's with it's
0: movie. a great movie. didn't He didn't did, really
2: get the credit till later, like ten years later.
0: Did you go you know? meet with Chuck?
2: Yeah, I hung out with Chuck. I filmed Chuck. <laughs> I spent <laughs> a lot of time with Chuck. A lot. I filmed. Them. I had him tape my lines. Yeah, I was all over Chuck. Chuck did, and I hung out a lot. Did
0: he? Did he? Did he not? Did he? Did, was it? I, was it true? Did he believe it was true?
2: He did. He did. And I didn't really want to know if it was true or not. So I just tried to believe that it was true. And I was just doing, you know, I was doing three days of the Condor or Serpico. I didn't. Uh, yeah. I didn't want to know what was going on. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> but I you know I'd like to see Chuck I think he moved to Paris I don't know where he is I haven't seen him in years you know
0: I grew up with the gong show on TV you yeah, know sure. he was just this guy hey
2: you know like that he would squint the reason he would squint is because he didn't have his glasses and he was looking at the cue cards you know people thought he was stoned yeah you know and he was a character man he was a character man he created a lot of reality TV the dating game yeah you know, Games, was...
0: Yeah, those weird game shows. Those yeah. were showcases for stand ups. Yeah. Like yeah. I didn't realize that till much later that like you know mo- you know, you'd see all these comics on. You know, of course they'd yeah. book comics.
2: Do do bits, do yeah. stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, he's he, I watched a lot of gong shows. Yeah.
0: I auditioned yeah. for the for the dating game and its a later manifestation when I was out you here did. in the late eighties. Like I was all what fucked up on that? drugs and shit. And uh, you know, I just did, I didn't have the confidence for it. I just what, cause that was back when I was hanging out what, with Kenison and shit, or maybe even before. How do you
2: audition for uh, the dating game? What do well, you, they have
0: you know they they had segment producers at the time, so yeah. they you know they would have regular people, but then they'd want people who you know had comic chops or something. So you'd go do a fake dating game, you know, yeah. and and you know and and see if you if they want to put you on the real show. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know I don't. That's know, it. I, That's I the so, audition. I was so squirmy. I, I, for a guy who spends a lot of time on stage, at the beginning, I'm not sure. I think I was just doing it uh, for, uh, for self-destructive reasons. <laughs> I don't, I don't want the adulation at the beginning. Yeah, I was just sort of like, what the fuck do you want from me? Yeah, that was my my <laughs> angle. <laughs> Why'd you make to, me to come get, here
2: to get exposure? You got to talked into it to get exposure or something? What or? the dating game? Yeah, yeah. Or no, or we money, just wanted,
0: mo- I think it was a, a chick actually. You know, she was booking it, and I think yeah. you know we had a thing for a minute and. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, and then I went to her house, and I, all I remember was like a lot of dirty dishes and bugs, and you know. And then she was, <laughs> she was a producer on the dating game. She asked me if I wanted yeah. to do it. I'm like, all right, you know, it didn't work out, and I don't know what That's happened. Awesome. There.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome.
0: You have those stories. You get to a certain age, and you spend time in and out of this town or in this business, where you're like, oh
2: yeah, oh yeah. shit, that did happen.
0: Yeah. You have some of those. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Thank God there was no social media then. You Absolutely,
2: no God Almighty. Some of the shit, no, some right. of the shit was, I did. When man, when things were fun, forget about it, man. When
0: things were fun, yeah.
2: So, yeah. what about like, uh, like all the stuff that you did on
0: television? You know, leading up to to the movies. I mean, some of that shit's pretty real and pretty, you know, like a good training ground, right? You did some of those procedurals and stuff.
2: Yeah, like t- on TV, Law yeah, & Order yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, sure, that was really, all that was a good training ground. And that's you know? booked out in
0: New York, right,
2: mostly? Yeah, we, that's when, you know, the New York actors were getting jobs on, on those shows, and and now it's switched to like Boardwalk Empire and, and this new vinyl. You yeah. see a lot of New York actors getting jobs there. Right, right, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's all, you know, it was network and indies, and now it's cable and... But uh, yeah, it, it was it was it was a good way to make a living and you know get some training. Work an actor. Yeah, you know, and you and you as a guest, you always come on with like way too much energy, right? And the regulars are like falling asleep, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, they're like, <laughs> and you're like coming in, yeah. you're jazzed. Yeah, yeah. You, know? you worked all week on yeah. your on your on your five, uh, five ready, lines. Yeah, you're you ready to cry up. and shit, yeah. you know. And they're like <laughs> lunch, you know. <laughs> you know you gotta be like okay let's take it down rockwell let's take it down a little too much acting you know <laughs> we're just trying to make our day yeah they just want to get finished you know? oh you're trying to fuck. win it win an emmy yeah
0: i had that horrible realization when i used to do conan a lot you know where i do you know i do, do stand up on conan do stand up or panel you know do the thing mm-hmm. but i'd get there and you know we'd go out and i'd get out there and we'd do our thing and the audience yeah and then you know there's that moment afterwards they're like oh where are we going now and they're like what do you mean it's, it's it's <laughs> our job. We did the same thing yesterday. Who are you? You know. Yeah, <laughs> a, yeah. Well, and they're not rude about it, but you You're like that, this is cool, man. Right, right. There's that realization. Like, oh my god, they do this every day. You know, I'm just yeah. a, you know, you know, we just, it's, I'm just, it's a job in a way, but it's yeah. show business. That's the, that's the sad part about show business. I know, but way. it's
2: it's cool to be over eager and you know. It's it's actually cooler sometimes, well,
0: you know? Right. But like when you're on set and you're just sort of hanging out, like a lot of people talk about how much downtime there is on set. Yeah. Like I you know, it like it doesn't bother me. Initially it's sort of like, you know, you're like you're you go to your trailer and you're like, no, what the fuck am I gonna do? I'm gonna yeah. jerk off,
2: am I gonna read a book? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah.
0: And that and then you start to realize like I'd ah. be
2: done if I jerked off. That would be it would be <laughs> no acting would be happening that day. Where's Rockwell, what happened to your energy? <laughs> I left yeah. it in the in a Kleenex in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally, <laughs> forget it, man. No, that is. How do you manage that time? It's. It's. it's, it's I don't like that time at all. I mean, I hope. I, that's why I try to. You yeah. just gotta get out of your trailer, take a walk. Yeah, sit in
0: the chair outside. I'll just go sit yeah you know on the set and just like you know watch people do set up things yeah you know yeah. try not to get in the way of the gaffer the lighting guy you yeah know, like, yeah we well,
2: got there it's like we're working oh, okay you know i know that's when you wish smoking was good for you you know oh you yeah know? smoking i love smoking on sets but do you, know? you have an appreciation for like because your dad was a union guy for the union guys i mean it's absolutely a, i'm always like very aware of the unions you know so, people like hate unions they're like oh the teamsters you know whatever you yeah know? yeah yeah but but i i'm yeah the unions I grew up to love unions yeah. yeah
0: and they're like they're 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 all sort of like there's this whole sort of tier of employment on a set you know you get the, yeah you know you got your craft services guy where you like you know where they come from you know how yeah. they get the gig like you know, sometimes there's a craft service person that's a little too ambitious and walking around with a tray and you're like yeah i don't know did, did you invent this you know what is this but then but then there's the one that levels up and then you got your union guys and then you got your your
2: the, the actors it's just yeah. like in the producer it's kind of amazing it's it a is an amazing way. thing yeah and it's a dictatorship. Yeah. It's not a democracy. I think that people don't understand. Well, you just hope that
0: you have a somewhat benevolent dictator, you know, yeah. like that. Like, the, and exactly. you've worked with a lot of directors, yeah, like so, a
2: Clooney or somebody who's nice. Yeah, right. hopefully you have somebody nice because it is not. It's not a democracy. Somebody's boss. Yeah. Know? Did you work with Woody Allen? I did a. I did a little movie with. One, I mean, I did. Cel- I did a little part in yeah. Celebrity. Yeah. Which was the movie he did with DiCaprio, and I had all these scenes with DiCaprio, and. Um, you guys friends we're we're friendly we know each other, but we're not like right. we don't hang out but what do you I, think of the revenant I love the revenant I mean, I thought it was like Jeremiah Johnson on steroids I love you know? Jeremiah Johnson I mean I thought it was fucking amazing yeah. I thought the revenant was like I thought you know I was what? like a kid in a candy store you yeah know?
0: he did a great job
2: yeah I mean and a pretty sweet guy like a pretty you know level guy he he's very smart that guy I was impressed with him when he was working with Woody Allen he was very like he because I was very nervous around Woody Allen yeah. you know and he yeah. was like I mean he was a, he was a kid you yeah, know yeah and yeah. he was like i think it should be this way you know and i'm like that's woody dude and he was like really <laughs> self-confident I, I i admired that i learned a lot from but
0: that. what he kind of wants that
2: right he did he just wants you to yeah. do your job right yeah you, you know and- i DiCaprio actually had this great i had a like a scene in a jacuzzi mm-hmm. and with a we had like prostitutes and it was a very it was supposed to be very caligula you know decadent and cocaine and you know, DiCaprio said, you should have a drumstick or something, like a, like a you know, like a Roman. Yeah. And I said, yeah, that's a great idea. How, am I gonna get a, how do I get a drum? He's like, Woody will go for that? He's like, yeah, fuck it, just get a drumstick. So we, call, we, we couldn't find a drumstick. Let's talk to props first. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. before we present the idea. Yeah. And they had like a lamb shank. Yeah. And we brought it to Woody. I said, and DiCaprio kind of helped me yeah. go there. Right, uh, right. You know, and he said, uh, Sam's got this idea. He made it seem like it was my idea, yeah. you know. And Woody was like, you know, do you really want to, Maybe you shouldn't eat that though. Maybe you should pretend to eat it, you know. <laughs> yeah. I can't do Woody yeah, but yeah. you know and and so I put some grapes in my mouth and I pretended. But it, but you know It worked. Yeah, you know. Anyway, it's just it's it's uh yeah, I don't know what the point of that story is, but he's very- it's working
0: with Woody. Yeah. And and And, and DiCaprio. And, and DiCaprio. Yeah, DiCaprio. Very, very nice guy, I like yeah. that you like Jeremiah Johnson, because I actually, I actually had this weird thought before you oh, came Oh, yeah, I'm over. a
2: nerd for the 70s. We could talk Great. about that for an hour, you know? But like, But
0: I had this idea that you should redo, you should do a remake of Butch and Sundance, a Butch Cassidy and Sundance oh, kid.
2: Man, I'd love to do and that. And you should
0: play, man. the, I think, the Redford part, right? What do you think? I mean, I'd play either part. Either part, I do think that you that could with, play. You know, I just like that you, you do these parts where you can really kind of, even in Hitchhiker's Guide, where you're just sort of like, you know, it's almost like a rock star weirdo, you know. <laughs>
2: like, what? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I love
0: that shit, man.
2: Yeah, I love that shit too. You yeah. like getting big and funny and weird. Yeah, you know, even. The- I really wanted that to be like a franchise. I think I said the that. Hitchhiker's earlier. Guide? Yeah, and it's, you know. But uh, yeah, that was a great, that was a fun character. Yeah.
0: Like, I, I think I got the idea in my head that. You know, do, do you choose like?
2: Do you have you said no to like huge opportunities? I've I've said no to money. Mm. I've said no to money. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say like you know I turned down the Titanic or something. I, I've turned down every time I've done stuff for money. I've regretted it. You oh know? yeah, I don't I don't really just just for the money. I mean, right? Money's part of the equation. Sure, you know? sure. You, but um, you want to feel like you're
0: earning an honest living?
2: Yeah, you know it's hard to make money in, in showbiz, but you know when you get a chance to, it's 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 good. But it's like. I, I always i try to i've turned down some money yeah you know
0: yeah because you because but not just because of the money because the project what you're yeah. obviously offering a lot of money No, i want the money obviously sure. but, but like it, i'm not going to do that for the money
2: yeah you know there's limits you know <laughs> and you're like i can't i can't do it man I yeah, can't, yeah i can't do it but you're
0: yeah. always working
2: right i'm always working i'm fine i i you know i make a good living i'm comfortable and and uh i'm happy just making a good living you would
0: know? you do a a, a a cool tv series
2: I would do something like a true detective, like a ten-part thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm a little spoiled from the movie world, and I like to see my lines in advance. And they do a lot of rewrites on right. those shows, and I don't know if I would do well with that. I've I've done a little bit of that on on Iron Man two with rewrites and uh and um.
0: So that's different than like improvising. Justin, you really have to, Justin Thoreau.
2: Justin Thoreau, who was a great, wrote this great script, and they they had him. You know, we were doing rewrites and. Like and, day of
0: shit? Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and
2: because thank, if it wasn't for him and Favaro, I wouldn't have got through that thing, you know, because there were a lot of rewrites. Same thing, Charlie's Angels. And so, you know, I had to wear an earwig. They, you know, with this gun scene with Don Cheadle and, you know, you don't want to do that or, or look at cue cards. So I, I think that's the main thing is I'd want to just, and maybe that's me being spoiled and wanting to prepare, but I-
0: When you prepare, when you say, cause I, I know like a, a, what I learned is a lot of it hinges on uh, on choices for you, you know like i, yeah. I know there's a, the method element of it is being present but then you sort of have to like you know like like i talked to a guy yesterday uh, this comic who does tv acting a bit and he says he'll look at a line and he'll like he'll see where the laugh is and, he, and then he'll start taking apart the line thinking like well i can maximize the laughs i can get four laughs out of this line where there's yeah. one written do you, yeah. do you do do you make choices like that
2: no, I try to. I try to not. I, even though I I know where the laughs are sometimes. Yeah. and I see that instinctively. Yeah. And maybe you, unconsciously you're going for a laugh, but I think that's a danger. There's a real danger there. Sure, sure. You know. But it, what
0: about just even if it's not laugh, even if for emotional impact, do you do you make those
2: kind of decisions? Yes, I mean you know the danger is when you're asking to pass the salt. Yeah. And you know you can get a laugh there. I mean just sometimes you just gotta ask, you know, can you pass the salt? Right. And not go for the last. Of course, you know? of course. But 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 uh yeah, I, I think I like to stew and shit a little yeah. bit. Stew with the part a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you don't always have that luxury. That's a luxury right. now, you know. Yeah. But if you can get, you know, a couple months to prepare I mean, you know, there's a reason Daniel <laughs> Day Lewis is so good. Yeah. You know, he prepared for a year. <laughs> for the lincoln thing you know yeah, yeah. he told tony kushner i think he was allowed to say no more rewrites you right know, because right he has that cloud right right You know, and he's fucking great in that part right because he prepared for and he know, does
0: one movie a decade
2: yeah you know and i you know me and nina r- ran in lines for a year for fool for love and me and nina arianda and mm-hmm. and, and we did good work because we had a year you know yeah. if you have a year or two months and that's a luxury and people don't get that but yeah, it was. It should be more like that than it is. That's but, true. Yeah, but it's, yeah. You know, it's not that way.
0: Yeah, not, not, not in movies it, where you are
2: like we're we're gotta we are we got to we got to get this done by today. That's why you got to prepare ahead of time. You know, because uh, like that's the extra you made, work. You know, but anyway.
0: But when you did this role, let's talk as yeah. we, as we wrap it up about uh, about Mr. Wright because you really your performance and your relationship with Anna Kendrick is is. It's great, and and this I imagine you look at this guy and you're like, well, there's a guy that used to kill people, and he really doesn't want to do it anymore. So, yeah. so yeah. like, I could see how that could be sort of characterologically a, a meaty thing to sort of work on. Like, you know, this is, you know, you're presenting yourself yeah. in a very, you know, flat tone about what you're doing, but you're telling the truth, but it comes off as jokes. But there's part of you that's really wrestling with the with the with the morality of the thing.
2: Yeah, sure, sure. It's, I think I think um, there's a book I read about psychopaths for Seven Psychopaths, actually. I think some of the homework... John Ronson's book? Yeah, is that the... Yeah, uh, some, the, the, the psychopath, the British yeah, guy, right? The Psychopath Test. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. He's that a great guy. That book was really helpful He's for, the, for Seven Psychopaths, which is a Martin McDonough movie. And I think maybe some of that helped. But but really, I mean, the, a lot of the homework was just... I mean, like movies like... I mean, literally like Romancing the Stone or Ghost Point Blank, I think. Yeah. Having that kind of... Tone. Tone, you know? And because we got Anna, we were really lucky because mm-hmm. she could do that you know it's a it's a particular thing
0: well i think yeah, I, I i love what you do and i and i and i love your presence and you do, you hey, do great work uh, vice
2: versa dude and i'm vice glad we versa. got to talk yeah man and uh good
0: luck with the with the talk today you're gonna you're gonna be sitting with aisha you're all, yes that's right who you went to high school with yes that's, we did
2: we briefly dated yes and, oh did you yeah, yeah,
0: oh, yeah. well get prepared to talk about that yeah yeah you ready <laughs> you, you ready to do yeah. that okay yeah, thanks man thanks man <laughs> How great was that? That was fun. Me and Sam Rockwell. The movie is Mr. Right. It's got Anna Kendrick in it. comes out this Friday. You can always go to WTFPod.com for for that kind of stuff. My dates. Oh, don't worry about it. Go to WTFPod.com slash calendar. I think that uh, Nebraska sold out and Iowa City sold out. Kansas City on the 10th at the um, Midland uh, Theater whatever. Yeah, grab tickets for that. You can go to wtfpod.com slash calendar. What else? Oh, yeah, I'm on a Trapper Shep album. Their new record, Rangers and Valentines, comes out uh, on Friday. You can get it wherever you get music. And if you check out the last track, Dream, you'll hear me on guitar back there in the mix. Yesterday, me and my buddy Jack Bolware just who I hadn't seen in a long time, we hadn't hung out, just set up a couple amps in the living room yesterday and jammed like old guys. It's funny what you end up on. I think we did... Uh, I think we did uh, Cowgirl in the Sand for a half hour and Stormy Monday for another half hour and felt like rock gods. That's the way that works.